1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM
2: or download the Fan app.
3: We are joined by the top prospect of the Braves, pitcher Hurston Waldrop. Nice enough to join us right now. Thanks for coming by. How you doing?
2: Uh, doing good. Happy to be here.
3: Fast track for you last year, but I love what you said. You learned a while back in baseball, nothing surprises you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, baseball is a game of uh, <clears throat> many uh, many unforeseen circumstances. I think you know, as many games as you know you can watch, it uh, seems like something new happens every time you watch it. Were so, you surprised you moved up as quick as you did last year? A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to ex- expect something like that. It's especially coming into the uh, professional baseball, and you know, the the talent that it takes to play at the pool. And so, to be able to move from one level to the next as quick as I did, uh, um, you know, really just taking it all in and um, trying not to get too ahead of myself, but just you know, enjoying all of it, pretty much. I'm assuming you played at a pretty high level of travel ball. I mean, not not too high of a level, like not nothing crazy. I mean, so I, you were a prospect in high school? Not, not like just an overwhelmingly talented prospect. I just. You know, threw the, threw the ball really hard, and that was about it. So when did it? But you were All-State in football yeah. and baseball, were you not? Yes, sir. I was so... I an All-State kicker, punter, uh, All-State special teams, and All-State baseball, and uh, we were in 2A um, in South Georgia. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was, I, I guess you could say I was pretty talented, but it wasn't, you know, like I said, it wasn't anything unreal. So if I asked the 16-year-old version of you, Go ahead, five years. You're sitting in a professional ballpark. Did you
1: think there was any chance of that?
2: I mean, it's. I'm not saying no, because it, it, for me it was always, um, you know, don't count out your opportunities. You know, don't don't say it's not possible because you never know what's possible. Was there a moment when you realized now scouts are watching? I mean, I think the, the first game where I had a scout, I was, you know, obviously nervous, and then – uh you know, you kind of get used to it because in travel ball, it's, you know, you never know who's watching. Right. In baseball, you never know who's watching and especially never know who's going to hear about it. And there's video going out all over the place now, too. <laughs> especially, yeah.
3: Well, and that's the key. Hurston Waldrop, uh, top prospect of the Braves with us. And It's important that anybody listening knows. You never know who's watching at any time. So always be on top of your game mentally And physically, and I I think some of these scouts probably look at you more, not that you had a lot of failure, but they look at you more and study you more to see your reaction when things aren't necessarily going your way.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially as a a player, the way you carry yourself on the field is, you know, is valued more than any talent you could ever carry. Um, The second a scout sees failure... um, how you handle it, it's it's it says everything about you, everything about who you are as a person. Um and that's I mean that's what they look for. So Braves fans who might not know, uh composure on the
1: mound, owning the mound, is that on game day? Is that your place? Like that's it. Keep away.
2: I'll talk to the catcher if I have to, but but this is my job today. Yeah, it's it's me and the catcher. As soon as I step in that uh-huh. that circle, it's me and the catcher and that's you know, The hitter's there, but he's not really there. You know, we know who's in the box, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's me and the catcher. He calls the pitch, and, you know, if I like it, if I'm confident in it, then I throw it. Um, But it's just, you know, game of catch. What
1: about the idea that now, obviously there are statistics for everything, analytics for everything. At some point, you guys have to at least learn what it is they're talking about. That's not really a travel ball thing. It's not really a high school thing. But at some point, they're going to hand you pieces of paper, and you have to figure out what's important to me and what's not. Isn't that part of the the whole process
2: as well yeah i think so i think you have to adapt with the game and you have to learn with the game because the game changes every day um and so you have to learn how to use that stuff for your advantage you know if if everyone else is using it they're obviously they know something about you and so if you could know something about them that's going to give you a competitive edge then why not use it
3: i mean obviously you want to be a part of this rotation this year you would like it to happen as soon as possible but other than that what are you trying to take in? from this first experience at the big league level like
2: this i mean especially uh in spring training just you know learning from everyone everyone goes about their business differently and so for me it's being able to learn how they do their business how they go about their business and you know they're professional players so if i'm going to be a professional player i gotta learn how to act and carry myself like one and um i put a lot of pride into my routine and how i carry myself day in and day out not only on the field but off the field and so um, you know, just making sure I do everything I can and everything I need to do to stay healthy and prepare myself for a really long season. I, I've talked about this before uh, a handful of years ago. I went to a bunch of
1: guys with 35-plus pitchers, and I said, tell me what you would have changed now that you know. And the whole thing was their routine off days. What did I, there were days that I put the baseball down. There's a day why, why keep going on crap. Just put it down, and today's the day I put it down. It was amazing how all those guys emphatically knew what it is they'd like to change. It's an interesting thing when you're young and you're trying to figure out what your routine is actually going to be up at this level. That's a that's a big part of the process as well, is it not?
2: Yeah, because you know, especially as a starter, you have <clears throat> you have five days between you, the time you come off the mound the next time you step on the mountain. and so you know, everything that you can do to optimize each and every second to recover yourself to get back to you know, you may not be a hundred percent, but get back to the highest percentage that you can be before you have to step on the mound again, and so a routine's a big part of that because the the more you can prioritize your recovery and. Just prioritize that next outing, then the better you'll be. Can you wa-
1: can you wash a bad one? Do you know? Do you have the ability
2: to say that wasn't a good one? It's gone. Oh yeah, I mean you have to. It's it's impossible to be able to not wash a bad one and move on to the next one because if all you're worried about is the last one, you'll never be able to focus on the next one. So, I mean, being able to learn from those mistakes and. Every outing, the good outings are going to have mistakes, and so learning from a lot of mistakes is, you know, learn from them, put them behind you, and move on. Hurston Waldrop, top prospect for the Braves, is with us as we are
3: down here all week long in Northport. They had their first full squad workout today. When do you first realize that this is a real option for you? Because you mentioned in high school you were good, but necessarily not necessarily an elite talent, but a raw talent.
2: Yeah, I would say um, I I was in college. You know, freshman year was kind of rough for me. Uh, learning the ways of college and especially after COVID. My my senior year of high school was COVID, and so the first year it hit, so really didn't have a senior year of high school. And then I had a super long break, and then I had to be shipped off to college, learn how to be at college and deal with COVID. So that was pretty rough. And then I had to play and learn how to be a college pitcher when I hadn't seen a hitter in like forever, felt like. Um, so that, it was all a new experience. And then you know, the end of my freshman year, I got the hang of it. And beginning of sophomore year, I, you know, I really just, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do this full time. You know, I, this is what I want to do. I want to play baseball for as long as I can.
1: Did you grab people that you knew to come throw to? Like during COVID, but you literally, hey, your buddy Jim, I need it. I got to throw to somebody.
2: How does that work as a pitcher? I had a I had a net and I had really a couple buckets of baseballs in the backyard, and I made my own plyo wall. I made my own pitching mound uh, <laughs> with a a front end loader that we have out at the house, and uh, I I built my own pitching mound, built my own net, built my own strike zone. Uh, I literally everything and just everything I could do to stay fresh and get ready for college. So when you're
1: when you don't have anybody around you, there's something free about that. You don't have people in your ear; you're just trying to figure stuff out. That's that's pretty good. When does the splitter come about?
2: That was uh, sophomore season of college. It was. I remember asking one of my. Co- I remember asking Coach Oz at Southern Miss. I remember asking him what week it was in the season. He said we're at the ha- or we're at the halfway point mm-hmm. of the season. That was the first game that I threw the splitter, and so, it was, like, literally threw it in the bullpen that week, threw it on Sunday okay. in the game.
1: So, hold on. You decide week of you're going to throw a splitter. What did you know about it? Because there's a picture, I think, on on the air of you, literally, and not a lot of guys throw it. You know, it's not like you can go to a bunch of guys because nobody really throws it. Uh, it's sort of an old guy pitch, like the old days. When did you realize that just doing this was even a possibility?
2: I was watching, uh, I was on Instagram one day, watching Pitching Ninja, watched uh, Kevin Gosman's grip, <clears throat> went to YouTube, watched the whole video, figured out how he had, it, or he learned how to throw it, went out and catch play that day, and that was the day of my bullpen, um, which was a Wednesday, and then threw it twice, threw it like a couple times in the bullpen. And, and what does a coach say at that point? Or what does a catcher say? What the hell is this? It, the catcher yeah the catcher was a little shocked he yeah. was like y- you you don't even throw a changeup. like why are you gonna throw a splitter i'm like well my stats against lefties are unreal like they, they're almost like batting 500 off of me like we got to figure out how to get a lefty out because they're gonna go one through nine lefties and we're never gonna get any outs and uh at the time i was fastball slider and so I, i'd win a whole season throwing two pitches as a starter and so at college it'll work for a while and then um, you know obviously they'll catch on to it and uh Learned how to throw the splitter and then comes out to be the best pitch. So, I mean, it really does. It, there, it's an old
1: school looking thing. It's a thing from Roger Craig and it's a thing from a generation or two ago. It is kind of amazing. I, I don't, who do you go to? Uh, or is it just I'm on
2: my own kind of when it comes to this pitch? I'll talk to the catcher about it. I mean. I obviously have to talk to the catcher about it because it is such a different pitch. Like, it, you know, I can't just say, hey, this is like a, a split change. Like, it's, you know, it's just going to move arm side a little bit. Like, it's it's literally, drop. it's the exact, it's never the exact same pitch. Always so it's almost like a
1: knuckleball in a way that you better be prepared because I'm not sure
2: if it's here or here.
3: <laughs> so it's other miss that happens. You decide to transfer to Florida. What was the
2: thinking behind that? I just, I. Always, I mean, always wanted to play at Florida. That's there had an opportunity, and I took it. I did it for my family and I, and you know, big family guy. That's you know, every that's everything who I am. And so, uh for me to be able to play there and be two hours from home, play at SEC school, and play the play the competition level that I played, and see you know, have the friendships that I have now, it's. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I loved every second of it.
1: Now, when you get your first round pick, obviously. Uh, did you think that was going to happen? Because there are reports that will talk about consistency. What is he? Is he still a first-round pick? Is he a high first-round pick? Would you have stayed for one more year if it didn't go the way that you – your COVID year, that was the only – the five-round year, right? Yeah. That, that was, was the year five was, rounds. So, five-round year. Yeah, so there weren't a lot of guys drafted that year. Mm-hmm. So even if it wasn't would you have gone out of high school? Would you think you were ready? I, I, Eighth-round pick, do you think you're ready? Do you go?
2: I really – I don't know because, I, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I threw 12 innings that year. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, you know, if I'm getting a call and, you know, someone says, hey, you know, we'll take you right here, I'd I'd have said yes. I felt like I'd have been ready. So Uh, what about college? What did it do for you now? College, I'm thankful for college. I'm I'm honestly thankful that COVID year happened. I'm thankful I had those three years to learn. And, you know, I I learned so much about myself in those three years. I'll, you know. Obviously, I could have learned in pro ball, but I feel like it would have been a lot rougher on me physically and mentally, more mentally. So physically, just, just because the grind of a professional season is different than anything you'll ever do.
3: Hurston Waldrop, top prospect for the Braves, is here with us. So I had a family friend whose son got drafted by the Brewers. Everybody went crazy. You brought up your family. Is it now all Braves gear, wherever you turn?
2: Oh, it's been Braves gear since the day I was born. As long as long Oh, that remember. was easy though. As long as I can remember, yeah. I've, I've been a Braves fan. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a that was pretty cool. How long can you remember? What are we talking about? Like, what do you remember being a kid about the Braves? I I remember playing travel ball, and all I ever wanted to do was be on the Braves. And then uh, have a have a baseball signed by Skip Carey in my room that I, I think I was like four or five <laughs> when I got it signed. Uh, I have another uh, you know another baseball can't remember the guy's name i I was so young i don't remember the guy's name who signed it but i mean everything that i've ever known about baseball has been the atlanta braves so if during this camp
1: chipper's here glavin's here smaltz comes down for a quick day i mean what what's your thoughts about those of the guys
2: i actually had the pleasure of meeting chipper jones when i when i signed in atlanta uh right after the draft got to meet him talk to him a little bit say hey uh, that was pretty cool. My dad my dad was standing behind me just like bug-eyed. He thought it was so cool. I mean, I was too, but it just being able to sit there and talk to him, have a conversation with him, uh, that was really cool. But, you know, obviously being able to talk to – the the greats and talk to the guys that did it for forever and you know we're really really good at it um you know that's who i want to learn from quick math i think charlie morton's 19 years older than you
1: i think he's 19 21 years, years. he is he is double my age he's double your age uh, yeah. all right so what do you think of when you see him still on a major league roster
2: and like uh, somebody asked me that the other day, and it's just like one of those things where you wish you could just like sit there and just watch the whole time. You know, like if you had to pick one person, that's who you would watch because, you know, like the the way you just see the way he carries himself. He's obviously done it for so long. It's like you know he's doing something right. So you know you want to watch that a guy. he's got family.
1: You know, he's got a family he really likes, and and there's other factors that are going to come up in your life. You talk about the game changing every day, but your life is going to change over the next twenty years too.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Well, we appreciate you coming up. Wishing nothing but the best. It was a pleasure getting uh, a chance to sit down and talk with you. And hopefully, we'll see you on the mound much sooner than later in a Braves uniform. What was it like the
2: first time growing yeah. up a Braves fan? You put that Braves uniform on. Uh, it was the day I signed. Uh, they gave me gave me a uniform. Got to take some pictures, and they gave me a hat. That was the first thing they gave me. Turned around, looked at it. You know, kind of got some chills. But it was like it was more so like you know this is this is a stepping stone to where I want to be. Um, so for me, it was just for it to be that uniform and that hat. It was it can't beat it if you were going
1: to be picked 15 there's more money in 15 than 24 but it was
2: the brewers which it would you say i'd rather wait to 24 and get picked by the braves i mean at that point it was like uh, the, the way i my season went at florida i was just happy to still be in the position i was um and so it was like wherever i go i'll go and uh but you know for it to turn out to be the braves is pretty cool do you feel fifth spot everybody's
1: talking about everybody's going to be on display now for the next six weeks you seem to be pretty laid back about this whole thing.
2: I mean, I, that's how I like to—I like to carry myself, pretty laid back. I don't like to get worked up about anything. That's just—that's kind of been always who I am. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a go about my business and stay in my own little space guy. Um, I don't like to get caught up in the politics of baseball because, you know, that's how you get in trouble. So. Control what you can, right? Exactly. All right, all,
3: again, wishing you nothing but the best. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, Good congratulations. to see you.
2: Congratulations.
1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app.
0: A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank member FDIC.
1: The fan is ready for brave season. Are you 3 1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon? A home run by Olsen.